Lovely. Thank you. Thank you, Hilda. Um, morning, everyone. Um, good to be with you this morning. I was a bit worried about getting here this morning because, um, obviously, with the half marathon, it's my first um, Winchester half marathon uh, since being here. I was a bit worried I was going to get stuck. Um, there's a couple of people out early. I don't know whether they just got the time wrong or whether they're just practicing. I don't know, but um, uh, it's good to see they're out this morning. Don't know how I'm going to get home. It's going to be fun, um, but there we go. Uh, let's um, pray uh, to begin this morning. We pray, come Holy Spirit. May we have ears that listen and hearts that are open to all that you want to say to us through your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so, here we are. Uh, We're week two of our brand new series, um, thinking all about the creed, this statement of faith describing the big picture landscape of what we believe. Uh, And this week, we're going to be thinking about the Trinity. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, And this may be something that's utterly familiar and completely obvious to you, uh, what it's all about, or you might really not have much idea at all about how you might articulate what that means. Uh, But either way, my prayer is this morning uh, that we don't all waste our time, but that we'll all learn something, something this morning of the marvel and the majesty and the mysteriousness of our one true three-in-one God. And so in true Trinitarian style, uh, we're going to try and understand the Trinity through these three questions. Uh, Number one, what is it? Uh, Number two, why is it important that we believe it? Uh, And number three, how does that make a difference to me? And so firstly, what is the Trinity? Well, if you were asked the question, who are you? What would you say? Um, Other than maybe your name or your age or your career, uh, how might you describe yourself? Well, I I suggest most often we probably describe ourselves in terms of our relationships with others. You know, I'm I'm a brother, I'm an uncle, I'm a sister, I'm a grandmother and so on. But whereas we are one person with many relationships, God is three persons in one. Not three gods but defined by themselves in terms of their loving relationships with one another. The Trinity is relationship. And and the Apostles' Creed itself starts with a section on the Father, moves on to the Son, and then concludes with the Spirit. And the nature of exactly who and what God is is foundational to what Christians believe. And yet it's true, isn't it, that many of us struggle um, to understand it. But that's okay, because it's not exactly easy to wrap your head around. We're, not, you know, we're talking about the nature of God, not you know, a two-dimensional cartoon character. It's supposed to make you scratch your head a little bit. So the Trinity is relationship, and it's also who God is. As we're made in the image of God... And so we find our identity through relationships as children, parents, friends, but ultimately as children of God. 
And in our passage for today, Jesus talks about the authority given to him by his father. He's been sent in order that he would be known to all people and that the love that his father has for him would be in them and therefore in us. And this is not just any ordinary love. This is a love that existed before the creation of the world. And it speaks to a loving family beyond which any of us will ever have experienced. It's eternal, it's original, and it's beyond comparison. And so that's just a sense of the playing field that we're on right now. It's a pretty large and pretty profound one. In John chapter 15, Jesus is teaching about himself. And in verse 26, he mentions the Holy Spirit. He says, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. In other translations, we read counselor, friend, or helper in place of the word advocate. And so at the core of the Trinity, there is relationship. And this relationship can be a bit of a mystery. It can be unobjectifiable. It can be a bit incomprehensible, but so it should be. God inspires awe and mystery. And if we could package him up in a few words, I don't think he'd be particularly godly, would he? You know, our our language creaks at the seams and reaches its absolute limits when we're trying to describe God and his nature. But it's central to the identity of Christians. And so we have to give it a good go every now and again. But, But why? Why do we have to give it a go? Why is it important that we try and understand it and believe it? You know, can't we as Christians just kind of play the mystery card and say, well, you know, it's all a bit much to wrap our, my tiny little head around. Um, God's God and that's that. You know, we simply kind of play the mystery card and say, well, we just have to believe and we just have to trust. Well, I think we can do a little bit better than playing the mystery card quite so early. Jesus didn't wander about claiming to be God, but he did make the kind of assumptions that would only make sense if he were. He spoke and behaved in ways that would have been utterly blasphemous if they weren't the works and the words of God himself. In Matthew 12, verse 41 and 42, Jesus claims to be of greater significance than the most successful of prophets and the wisest of kings. And in John 8, 58, uh, he claims to be one who had priority even over Abraham, the founding father of the Jewish family and faith. He assumed the right to forgive sins and judge all of humanity at the end of time. And such was his authority and the beauty of his presence. The disciples couldn't simply dismiss him as a bit deluded. They saw that in Jesus, God was visiting and redeeming his people. They saw Jesus praying to his father. But he wasn't praying to himself. It it was a relationship that he had in prayer. It wasn't a monologue. And so probably like us today, his disciples would have had their questions and and have felt a bit confused at times. You know, hang on, if if Jesus was God, how could he have a conversation with himself? You know, how can he be divine and yet distinct and separate to his Father? 
The disciples had a number of pieces of the jigsaw that would make up the bigger picture of who Jesus was. But they didn't quite yet have all of them. More were added at Pentecost, though, when they began to experience a presence within them and among them that they knew could be nothing but the divine presence of God, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit broke through and began to break down barriers of division and language. And this was only the beginning, a sign of things to come, as only the Creator could heal creation of its brokenness. Only God can reconcile us to God. And so throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus had made it clear that the Spirit was not the same as the Father and not the same as himself. In John 14, 16, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The Father is the giver and the counsellor is the gift. The disciples concluded, and surely so must we, that God is richer and stranger than they had ever thought before. You know, this God was a person at the heart of the universe who loves and values us, who has purposes that include us, and to whom we can relate person to person. And that truth should resonate deep into the core of our being. It speaks to our longing, our aching for relationship, for connection, for love, and for the desire to be loved. Because they and we are infinitely loved. God wasn't and isn't just personal. He's relational. And that relationship has been going on eternally within the very being of God. Father, Son, and Spirit. And so I'd suggest to you that understanding why the Trinity is important is actually vital to the human soul. This understanding or or doctrine isn't going to give us factual information about God's hidden nature, but it will bring us, it will bring humanity face to face with the mystery of God, his otherness, his distinctiveness, and his complexity. It helps us to worship him, and it provides us with a model for our relationships, both as individuals and in community. It gives us identity as being made in the image of God. And it shows us that the essence of humanity is to be found in human relationship with others, with God, and with his creation. And it shows us that these relationships must be the kind that acknowledge and value difference as well as similarity. And that they must be relationships that accept as well as give. And they are relationships that are filled with transforming power. And so finally, if we have some kind of idea and and, and a little bit of language to try and describe what the Trinity is and why it's so significant, how does that make a difference to you right here and right now? In your household, in your workplace, and in all of your interactions, in your times of triumph, and joy in your outlook on life, but also in times of great challenge and profound loss. 
This year saw the observance of 20 years since the tragedy of the 9-11 attacks in the United States. Heather Lucky Penny was the first female F-16 pilot at the 121st Fighter Squadron of the DC Air National Guard. She was at Andrews Air Force Base when her squadron learned that planes had already struck the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. Word came that a fourth plane was heading towards Washington, and though the jets were only armed with dummy bullets for training, it was decided that somebody had to fly immediately. Penny, who was 25 years old at the time, said the plan became instantly apparent. She said, we wouldn't be shooting it down. We'd be ramming the aircraft. I would essentially be a kamikaze pilot. We had to protect the airspace in any way we could. After receiving authorization to fly, Penny and her colleague, Colonel Mark Sassville, struck an agreement to individually target the cockpit and the tail of the aircraft. Penny later remembered, I genuinely believe this would be the last time I took off. If we did it right, this would be it. Ultimately, Penny and her colleague didn't have to ram the plane. Instead, the brave passengers of Flight 93 downed the plane for them. Following the crash, the two pilots spent the rest of the day clearing the airspace around Washington. And to this day, Penny insists she's not a hero. She said, the truth is, any one of us would have made the same decision. Why? Because there are things in this world more important than ourselves. She went on to say, I've come to realize that heroism isn't something unique or possessed by a chosen few, that courage is there inside each and every one of us. Let's remember that there are things in this world that are more important than ourselves, that we all belong to and are part of something greater than ourselves, that our connection is more important than our differences, and that these are not unique or extraordinary qualities, but instead are common and are around us every day. You know, our lives are about more than just our lives. And it makes a difference because if it's true, and I wholeheartedly believe that it is, then it changes everything. Unity and sacrifice speak deep into our souls and our very beings because our three-in-one God placed them there when he created us. You know, our verses today speak of unity and Jesus' desire for his followers to become unified as a powerful witness to the reality of God's love. And so declaring your belief in the Trinity declares that God is love. It declares that we are located on this divine map because we share in the life and the love of God. It means we can stand in the place of Jesus in relation to the Father, eternally held in his love, and yet remaining exactly who we are and who we were created to be. It means God could never and will never keep us at arm's length. It means we have a model for our relationships here on earth. And it means our values should be changed as how we relate to one another takes priority and pride of place over any and all other concerns. And it also means that our source 
and our destiny are love. Our worldview, our behaviour and our interactions are grounded in love and hope and redemption. And so regardless of who we are, what kind of life we've lived, however young or old we are or we feel, in the name of the Trinity, we are to love, to be in community and relationship with one another in humility for the glory of our glorious God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.